You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. With me is Jennifer Moynihan, Portfolio Specialist responsible for the OMI Global Flexible Fund. We're going to talk about the performance of the fund later in the podcast, Jennifer. But at the moment, what we have to do is ask you three questions in one. Number one, the objectives of the OMI Global Flexible Fund, the return target that you've set yourself, and also what differentiates the fund. So three in one to start off with, please. Thank you very, very much for having me. Great to be talking to you. Pleasure. Um, So as a reminder for listeners, the OMI Global Flexible Fund, it's a high total return seeking strategy. It's really unconstrained and it has no kind of market or index benchmark that it works towards. But ultimately, you know, in terms of a return target, we're seeking to deliver returns above 6% a year net of fees over the long term. So that means really over five plus years. Now, because that's our target and because of how we run the portfolio, that can mean that in the short term, the Global Flexible Fund has very different performance to 6% a year. It can be materially higher or lower than that number um, in the near term. And we've certainly seen that in both directions um, in the last couple of years. Since inception, we've broadly delivered that outcome for clients or just shy of. But, you know, in terms of what differentiates us. I suppose it's the genuine flexibility that you can see coming through within the portfolio. We really do invest without bias across um, equities, across fixed income and also across currencies. Um, And I think it's also the fact that we think different about time horizons. So we have a focus on the long term thematic view of the, you know, the major forces we think are going to drive markets over the sort of five to 10 year horizon. But we then blend that with a nearer term cyclical view of what's happening in economies, where we think um, the most attractively valued assets are. And all of that together in combination informs our positioning in the portfolio at any given time. Right. Now we have to talk about performance, as I said in my introduction. It's very unfair to judge a long term investor in terms of the short term performance. 2022 for the fund was exceptional. 2023 quite different. Why, please, Jennifer? Mm. No, of course. So, I mean, you know, casting our minds quickly back to 2022, it was indeed an exceptional year. We had equities and also bonds down 15 to 20% each of them, which really challenged that traditional balanced narrative of, you know, equities and, and bonds together will diversify. But Global Flexible in that environment last year actually delivered a positive 2% return, which was great and and really a result. And you can see our positioning and that different view that we have on markets coming through. But we were generally cautious in our positioning through last year. And that's how we delivered that 2% return. Now, if we look at this year, generally speaking, you know, markets have certainly on the equity side, you know, equities have done well, albeit they've really been driven by a very narrow group of stocks, those mega cap US technology stocks that have, have done well, certainly the first half of the year. And then interest rates, you know, were hovering around for the first half of the year, didn't move too much, but certainly in this third quarter have really risen. And so we've seen fixed income sell off. So in some ways, this year's also been extraordinary. Now, for the portfolio this year, we came into the year with a view that we wanted to hold positioning as cautious, which meant that we we were expecting developed markets to the kind of extraordinary rate rises we've seen to potentially start feeding into the economies in in Europe in particular, but also the US. But on the flip side, we saw areas in Asia, particularly in China, where we were seeing the opposite almost from a kind of policy perspective and actually their economies being stimulated by authorities there. 
Uh, so we were more constructive on China. So as a result of those views and our positioning, which has been in you know defensive government bonds, we've been quite in favour of, and we've been lighter on equities with a focus on China. Those views have generally gone against us in this nearer term, so year to date, 2023, and the portfolio, you know, has fallen. So in Q3, it's fallen around six percent, and that's as we've seen equities, you know, did actually start to fall in the third quarter. Uh, particularly China, though market sentiment's been very negative, and those yield rises that we've seen come through now have also impacted that long defensive fixed income exposure we've had in the portfolio. You've mentioned China on several occasions during that last answer. It's very contrarian to some people who are very negative about China, but that's often the time that you should be having a look at it. And at some point, of course, with the China economy Mm. is starting to stabilise and maybe even showing some signs of life. And do you believe that that will benefit you and you'll become uh, less cautious in your stance when it comes to your equity allocation in the fund. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. You know, I think we forget that China is the second largest economy in the world. And, you know, there's a fear that we just focus on developed markets um, exclusively and have, you know, where we do think, you know, potential recessionary conditions are likely to emerge in the coming kind of six to 12 months. But we do see the opposite taking place in China. um, And, you know, at a point when market sentiment is quite so low, we see significant value upside and potential attractiveness in some of the holdings that we have uh, that we like to hold over the long term um, in China. And, and, you know, being selective in the region is absolutely key. And that's how we approach our equities in that region. Do you think the circumstances are poised for an outperformance of the fund? Yeah, I mean, I can't say it would be appropriate for me to say, you know, buy now and you'll definitely have this fantastic I guess, entry point. But, you know, what I can say looking at the portfolio today is, you know, across a range of the holdings in the portfolio, we do see, you know, really attractive valuations. I've said already about China and, you know, we think that the market reaction has been broadly overdone. It's incredibly low in terms of sentiment, but, you know, that's really at odds with, as I'm saying, the support we're seeing from authorities that they're pumping into certain parts of the economy. We also think in, you know, developed markets, those rates really should be towards their peak and that, you know, we're going to see the signs potentially we're starting to see emerging economic strain, particularly in Europe, potential early signs in the US. And that all gives us that kind of, you know, conviction that holding bonds and seeing yields fall in the coming months is certainly a a reasonable prospect. And it gives us a lot of excitement about the potential value in the portfolio right now. And in the near term, performance has been challenging, but it's that counter cyclical approach that we take leads us to differentiated views. And we can be early on those. But you know, in that longer term, we we do believe that this is, you know, a well positioned portfolio for what's likely to come. We've spoken about one particular country and equity exposure, but just briefly, tell us where else you are at the moment. Yeah, so in terms of, you know, broad positioning within the portfolio, we continue to hold, you know, overall a lower than average exposure to equities. So roughly around 40%, uh, so at the lower end of our historic range, with that bias towards Asia, in particular China, select equities within that region. And then we have that higher than average exposure to defensive fixed income. Actually, the portfolio has a duration of between eight and nine years, so quite significant. And that's really focused in Europe, where we see the most risk of, you know, that economic weakness coming through sooner than later. 
And so we're really focused on German government bonds there, but also other select countries where we see you know, similar conditions. So South Korea, Australia and New Zealand fixed income as well. And let's not forget about currency, which we do consider to be a very important part of the portfolio. And the position of the strategy at the moment is generally we've got you know, long views on the Japanese yen versus the euro, but also some long US dollar exposure also versus the euro. Jennifer, you mentioned that the portfolio is investing in attractively valued assets across equity, bond and currency markets. Is this a good entry point for a five-year investor, a long-term investor, in other words? Yeah, I think ultimately the way that the Global Flexible Fund is constructed is that we are thinking about those ultimate drivers of economies and influences over the economies over the kind of five to 10-year horizon. That's our real roadmap. But what we don't want to do is hold those assets at all times indefinitely. And we do think about the cyclical environment as well. So, you know, for those longer term investors, this is absolutely, you know, it's a very attractive proposition. It's a portfolio that's really taking those asset allocation decisions on your behalf and thinking about both those longer term drivers, but also where we are in the current market cycle. And I think, you know, for a lot of investors, that's a very attractive proposition. Jennifer, thank you so much for your analysis. That's Jennifer Moynihan, Portfolio Specialist responsible for the OMI Global Flexible Fund. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.